You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this week nine edition of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me this week, as always, is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? Very good. I, I join you today from the university. Hey, so you late night pimping it out in the university? Uh, yeah, absolutely not trying to get last minute deadlines in. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we digress too much, joining us on the show this week, we also have Heather Hudson, who has recently signed as a free agent with Omaha Hearts and we have the return of the one and only Heather Rockstar Fair so looking forward to both of those interviews later in the show shall we move on to some news yeah here is the news start off this episode with the big news and that is the state of the franchise announcement from the 10th of june the legends football league or lfl officials have decided to restructure the international development of the sport in canada mexico australia and europe what this means is that instead of having seasons in those like they have previously, they will now be having exhibition tour games while they set up the development of LFL football academies to develop coaching and talent in those territories. What do you think of that, Marcus? I think it's sound reasoning. I mean, the product itself, you think about what they've achieved this year, the new broadcasting rights, you know, the new season, establishing it on the mobile app. You know, they're getting trying to get a better product in the USA and I think that's where it's got to work you've got to have that what do they say when you're trying to build a house you've got to have big strong foundations to build it on otherwise it's all going to come crashing down so yeah I like the idea focus on the US side of things get that so it's the best product it can be and then use that to sort of help the Australian and the European and the sort of Mexican market and back up in Canada, you know, guys, this is how it's run. Maybe we can help you. We'll work together. We'll get it up to this level. And then we'll start giving you guys your own seasons, your own leagues. That's it. And so not just the mobile app and TV deals and things like that, they were able to accomplish in that small period. And they're just focusing on, on the U S but we've got the first ever, home release DVD coming out this summer and um, there's going to be some uh, consumer products or fan products as well coming out they've made a deal to release the uh, first ever feature film which details of that will follow um, later in the year um, and they've agreed to carry out all-star games in Europe and Asia next year so I mean they achieved a hell of a lot just in that sort of short four or five months when they would normally would have been on the other side of the world doing LFL Australia so like you said there buddy I think it's a great thing for the sport and we look forward to seeing how it's going to grow over the next few years so between 2015 and 2017 um, it's just going to be LFL US as we say with the games scattered in there the all-star games and yeah really looking forward to the different expansion teams we're going to see in the league over the next few years Hi this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel if you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches then come on down to us we do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis we can even discuss the LFL with you so why don't you come and give us a try and if you want some more details of our menu see the links on the Legends Lounge page 
we come on now to the game itself from Saturday night between Omaha Heart and Chicago Bliss in the farm in Omaha in Nebraska country. Where should we start? Well, I think we've got to start with the actual arena itself. It was an amazing atmosphere. You think these guys, they've kind of been beaten up. They've had a lot of sledging thrown their way. But you know what? The fans came out and there was a great crowd, great atmosphere. And even from the kickoff, you know, there was just a buzz. Absolutely. It's one of those arenas that you think could probably win like the 12th man or the 8th man as it would be for LFL award every year. You know, the true the true fan base. Either they're more Seattle pretty much, I think, every year for me. Yeah, and, and I think that helps because, you know, you've got a team that's in trouble. You know, they, they, need, they need people behind them. They need support. And thinking of the team needing support, of course, this game saw the return of some previous players from, from past Omaha seasons, as well as the three free agents of Heather Hudson, Leek Pay, and Anyonka Dixon. So what do we think of the free agents that, that came to Omaha? What do you think of their performances? Yeah, I absolutely think we should start with Dixon because I was so impressed because I hadn't seen anything of, of her because she was playing in the LFL before we really got into it. Um, but wow, what an arm, a rocket arm she had for her first pass attempt. Okay, it wasn't completed, but she just showed the arm strength um, and the possibility and just gunned it, I'd say, 40 yards down the field. It was ridiculous. At least, yeah, there's, there's no question in my mind she can throw it from one end of the uh, end zone to the other. And I think in general, you could see there was probably a lot of what you'd call ring rust, but there's a, a lot of potential. You can see the way she was trying to look to get outside of the pocket when the throws weren't on, or she was also trying the, the deep passes as well, trying to fit in sometimes into slightly tight coverage with uh, Ali Alberts coming away on the day with two interceptions, one of which when you get to see the footage on the game, honestly, I don't think I'm overreacting, but I just think from a defensive point of view, the way she read the play and the way she jumped over the receiver, almost over the top of the receiver, <laughs> and just plucked it off, uh, great pick. But that was obviously the, the small downside of Dixon's game. But in general, when she tried to run with the ball, it was at the right times. Um, as we say, just making some short passes as well when needed to be. And we're going to come on now to Heather Hudson, who we have on later in the show. So we'll discuss the game with her as well. But what were her highlights from the game, do you think, Marcus? Ooh, damn, girl, it's quick. The screen game. Oh, man, I wish they'd established that better because that showed so much promise just from the two attempts they got going. Yeah, I think between her and another of the returning players, Sarah Jane Thompson, I think between the two of them, because Sarah Jane was playing running back and you had Heather at wide receiver, and between the two of them, they had a lot of pace and there was a lot of good players that came through those two. Yeah, there definitely seems to be some kind of of leverage there where it's definitely a sort of speed orientated because I didn't really see much I must admit I was a bit disappointed by the O-line's blocking seems a little weak okay fair play they were going up against uh, Rice and Taylor <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go up against them but at the same time when they try to get rid of the football quickly or Dixon just went bang I'm going to run with this straight away they were the better plays quick short easy completions that you know just 
settle the team down. But that comes with experience, doesn't it? Getting back into the swing of things because it was her first game in, I think worked out to be at least four years, wasn't it? So you kind of have to expect a little bit of rust and with with a bit of practice and, and with the veterans that are joining her in the team as well. I think that's going to come and in the, I think it'll be the fifth game, won't it, coming up? I think we expect to see a lot more from Dixon and a lot more what she used to play like in Miami. Absolutely. And, and like I said, that's going to help settle her down if she can get a couple of runs established at the same time she's got two very good receivers now you know two very good receivers to work with um and of course you, you know looking at around the the defensive side i saw some improvements on defense a lot more better pressure that's what i firstly saw and do you think a lot of that came from pay as well um well some of it's from from pay some of it's like the over pressure that they that they they brought in would sort of like stack one side towards her, I don't know. And then that enabled someone else to either, either flush fur out the pocket, but then fur normally she was quite good at either maneuvering out of it or, or turning that into a run, but there was definite pressure. So it wasn't just sitting back in the pocket doing whatever she wanted all day. So just to sum up then before we come on to Chicago and, and how they played, what are the things you would take? from Omaha's performance and what could they do to improve that moving forward into their next game? You've got an establishment of a D there. I can kind of see where that's going. The offense is going to be quick play. It's going to be built around fast, sort of almost, uh, it's almost like that sort of like that rush, that speed play that you get at some of the really good schools like sort of like uh, Georgia Tech are great at it. The no huddle, like lots of plays very quick. And for me, the defense just needs, speaking of defense, the defense just needs to turn around, just up their training a bit. There was far too many missed tackles, far too many blown coverages, and a little bit too much extracurriculars, you know. I wasn't really happy. There was one instance, number 15, I'm calling you out. You do not tackle a player by like the head. That's just, I mean, stupid. Yeah, I agree. And there was a face mask called on that as well, I believe. And yeah, we said last week, didn't we, with obviously Lily Granson and the uh, after the play antics when the quarterback was just trying to take a kneel down and things like that. So it, it brings a little bit of an edge to the game. But at the same time, if you... If you hit hard, you have good plays, you block hard up front, then the crowd are going to get into it without having that extra activity on the play. But, you know, I could go on about this sort of thing for ages. We know how I feel about the uh, the, the after-play antics, so we're going to leave that there for now and come on to Chicago. Now, this time round, Chicago decided to open up their passing offense a little bit more, and we got to see how Heather Fair performs when she's throwing more than five balls a game. Absolutely. And it, you know what? What set the tone? First play of the game. Yeah, the cheeky little play action and then a deep pass to Alberts. How scripted could you get? I mean, you've got the Ferrari in the backfield. Oh, look, they're going to, clearly, they're going to give it to her. Defense completely just zones in. And then Alberts, who is a phenomenal athlete, just can just sprint straight up the field and get into. Um, into space so quick and then just nest that ball in boom yeah and there were some other players on the offense as well that snuck into it like we've got uh, Anyeka and Marnie who seems to be taking a lot of the the tight end reverses or the the tight end handoffs I guess I mean don't get me wrong I mean Ferrari she still was revving up at you know when she needed 100 miles an hour yeah I mean because that's it's just turn it on we've spoken to her and yeah she's she's being utilized perfectly because Everyone is now just so focused on her. This whole sort of oh, it's going to it's going to Christelle, it's going to Christelle. Well, you know what? That that worked perfectly because I mean, Chicago were just laughing; they were just eating up the yards. 
I think the best thing in the first half for me was we say that they gave it to Fur to open up the passing game a lot more, which she did. But then the times when they did get the ball to Harris, there was two or three times um, at least. Correct me, obviously, if I'm wrong, Marcus. But and of those, two of them went for touchdowns. Two of them went for touchdowns. One of them, five broken tackles. Let's say that again. One, two, three, four, five. There's seven players on the pitch. You've broken five of the tackles. Ridiculous. Yeah, and just when you were complimenting the defence as well. I know. That's what I said. Too many of the broken tackles. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the Ferrari. We watch her do this time and time again, and it looks so effortless. Ugh. And we'll come on now to the Chicago defence. The final score was 40-0 to the Bliss. That Bliss defence led by uh, Yashi Rice and Chantel Taylor, they did so well in containing Dixon. I mean, they got her perfectly because what you had is they had Dixon stuck in this point that when she was running, she wasn't going north-south, she was going east-west and then that sort of contain. And also you got remember, you got like Dominique Collins and Kim Perez on, uh, as corners. So they're just like condensing the field even more, like shrinking in like the avenues you have to run. You, you've completely lost the outside. They'll shut you down. Yeah, they'll shut down the passing game and they're quick to close on, on the tackle as well. And then you've got Alberts, who's over the top, just keeping an eye on the, the quarterback and everything else. We mentioned earlier she got one pick and later on in the first half, she got her second pick to go with it as well. She played an MVP style game. I mean, offensive, defensive, it was just kid at Christmas. She just got everything go her way. Yeah, I mean, I just want to focus on her just a little bit more because I thought it, in this particular game, it'd be very easy to not play very hard against a team who you've beaten so comprehensively a couple of times before. But she had her interception. She was coming up and making tackles where she needed to. There was even one where Dixon managed to break away from the defensive line. And just when it looked like she was going to get a first down, Alberts came closing in. And like we mentioned before, she started going east and west. And then Alberts managed to tackle her and stop her from getting the first down on what would have been a big fourth down conversion. Yeah, I think you've got to give her credit. I mean... If you've never watched this league before, I you don't have any misapprehensions. These girls can tackle. They you know exact form about how to lay on a hit, and they go make sure that you will not get that extra yardage. And Alberts, I mean, we've spoken to her. She is she is fiery. I would not want to be on the other side of the field to her. No, um, absolutely not. She goes beast mode. She goes all in. Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned her that she dying to play rugby. You know, just hit someone okay so that's true yeah when she was over here she said to you if anything she would wish she'd played rugby so she'd get to smash someone there you go I mean but no she's got perfect form she knows how to intimidate get into that opponent's head and like you said she just had Dixon whether it was in the pass game or the run game she could read it and she was just reacted so quick and I think we're gonna leave that there for the game review And when we come back, we will have our first special guest. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you? It's now time for our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming wide receiver and cornerback for the Omaha Heart, Heather Hudson. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. 
Now, before we start, please can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the league and who or what inspired you to start playing? Well, to start off with, I've really just been the athlete type. I've always, I was always playing soccer or running track or anything like that. And my friend used to watch the league when it was on MTV and he kind of inspired me to do it. He was just like, Oh, I could totally see you playing football and doing that. Why don't you just try it? So I ended up trying out, um, for the nearest team, which happened to be Baltimore. And the year that I actually tried out, the U.S. teams actually went on a year hiatus. So we kind of just practiced for the whole year. So my first year was actually in 2013. Um, and I've loved it ever since. So that would be when they were doing the All-Star Tours then, is that correct? When they were going to Australia and did a few games out there? Right. So I started um, playing right after that. And had you had any experience with playing football before that? Had you done any flag football at college at all? No. (laughs) In 2013, that was basically my first time playing football ever. (laughs) Wow. Well, you've done very well in picking it up as quickly as you have, to be fair. Yes. (laughs) So this is now your second stint in the league. As you mentioned there, when you first came in, you were with Baltimore um, and you're Mm -hmm. now playing for Omaha. What was it that uh, made you come back to the league and and what's the journey like for you trying to get to practice? I was basically given the opportunity to play for them because they kind of needed help seeing how they started the first half of the season um, so poorly. So basically, I kind of got drafted to go play for Omaha. Unfortunately, because I live so far away, practice-wise, that kind of hasn't really happened. Basically, before I even played the game, I flew in a few days prior. So the game was on Saturday. I flew in Thursday, and Thursday was actually my very first practice with the team. That must have been really tough then, trying to get to learn a a new playbook and things like that, all within the space of a few days. Oh, yes. (laughs) And Omaha itself it actually has a lot of rookies on the team that some have only actually been playing the game for the last few months. So you say there you were you were kind of brought in as reinforcements. Would you say that some of the criticism they've had has been a little bit harsh, bearing in mind how little they've been playing the game? I do feel like it is has been a little bit harsh. They really don't have any kind of leadership to kind of show them how things should be or what to really expect. And that's what honestly kind of inspired me to want to play for them. I I saw them as kind of like the Cinderella team, and I really want them to succeed. I wanted to really help them out, especially uh, underneath such harsh criticism by the league and by fans and just by everybody. They were kind of like the doormat of the league right now. And we come on now to the game itself. And one thing for me I love about Omaha is actually the crowd there. I know there there may have been some of them that were criticising the team, but every home game that crowd seems to be uh, seems to be in full force, a full stadium or arena, as you would. And um, what's that like playing in front of such a passionate crowd? It's very welcoming. Um, they're just really true grit kind of football fans out there, and it's actually very um, you know being the home team and having that crowd behind you kind of helps push you to play even harder knowing that you don't want to disappoint you have all these people cheering you on and it's very intense you know it's nice to be on the opposite end you know to be on the Omaha end for once behind such an awesome crowd yeah of course yeah the receiving end of the uh, adulation right and as it's been over a year I believe since you last played in the LFL how did you find the pace of the game and also the increased quarter length now of 10 minutes 
even though I haven't really played a year, it's not like I haven't been out of touch athletic wise. Um, like I was saying, I, I picked up football pretty fast, having no prior uh, experience playing football. So even though I've been gone a year, um, I've kept up physically and it was really easy for me to pick up things. I, I enjoy the fact that the game, the, it's actually longer. Um, it wasn't really an issue for me. I, I played the whole game uh, essentially. I'm glad you mentioned your, you keeping up the fitness there because there's something I actually only found out myself today and I was very impressed. And that is your appearance on Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge um, and not only an appearance, being the uh, the season one champion. What was that like? Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And I give, I definitely give the LFL credit for um, even being able to be on that show because I was actually contacted through a casting director um, who found my LFL page. So being on that show was definitely um, just a life-changing experience for me and that last obstacle course i think the skull cruncher isn't it or the skull crusher um that looks insane i think it took you just under nine minutes to do the the 10 obstacles and i think anyone who hasn't seen it yet i'll try and see if i can put some clips uh, youtube clips in our show notes but that last obstacle course i don't know how you managed to complete it because there's so many people that haven't that it's called the skull buster so skull it's kind of like their, their signature thing on their show um but it yeah, it is pretty intense because you, you definitely want to, you not only do you have to be able to complete it, but you have to be able to complete it in a very um, good time. That way you can actually last throughout the show. That's it. And dare I ask the question that in the second season, it seemed to take you a little bit longer than, than the first time around. So <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have a reason for that, maybe? Yes, I do, actually. Um, when I got called back for season two, I actually had just torn my LCL. Oh, wow. And of course, they asked me if I was okay, if I could still compete. Being the competitor that I am, who's going to deny that? So I went out there for season two and ran the second season's course. And I just, when it came down to the last obstacle, which was the rope climb, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't lock my legs together. I just couldn't straighten out my knee. And it took me a really long time to actually climb up the rope. I finished the course in eight minutes, but it took me eight minutes just to climb the rope just because I had to use basically all my upper body strength since I couldn't use my legs. Uh, well, fair play for completing it, especially with, with the damage to your knee there as well. And I'm just going to bring in Marcus now because I know he has a, a few questions for you as well. Um, hi, Heather. Hi. I, I really like the point that you made earlier about the lack of leadership. So that's got my sort of gears sort of whirring here. And I was thinking... Stepping into that locker room, you you came in with with two other sort of, I guess you could say, sort of draftees, like you say, you were drafted into the team. What was it like just being sort of, like you say, you came in Thursday, just dropped into that scenario, and how did it feel in the locker room? It, it's kind of rough being dropped in. None of the girls kind of like looked down at us. They, they definitely looked up to the three of us. It was just kind of hard because, again, to build that chemistry and have that cohesion on a team that you need that's really crucial when you're playing such a sport um it, you just can't build it within three days uh the locker room you know we can sit there and preach and tell all the rest of the girls what we wanted to see and you know what to do and you know just try to bring their spirits up but again it's just really hard in a matter of three days to kind of light that fire Oh, of course. I mean, it's, it's, you think that some teams have had seasons and seasons together and you're trying to emulate that in, in three days. That's that's right. like mind blowing. 
Right. What needs to be done then to get, like you said, you see the potential in this team. Um, you want to be there and help them achieve that. Where does this team go? Where does it bounce back from this? It, it all starts with practices. I just, I honestly, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm going to tell the truth, I feel the team was just very ill-prepared. Uh, they had a lot of time between their third game and this fourth game that just happened. And I just, I honestly don't feel the team itself, um, prior to the three of us flying in, were prepared themselves. And that's where it all starts. It's just the practices, the leadership on the coaching and, and just somebody really stepping it up and just really caring about playing. Because it showed on the field, it really showed. Yeah, and I think you could see from the performances that um, that yourself made and uh, and Lee Clay and also Anyonka that you were a, a difference in class from the other players. So it would be good to have that experience for them and and help them improve towards the next game. Right. Just uh, to finish off, what I'd actually like to ask is if you're able to provide. Um, some young females who want to get into the sport with some advice as to how they can do that and what, what the best way to look after themselves would be? My biggest advice is just to, you know, prepare yourself, look at film, um, know the game, really know how, how it works, especially in the LFLs. It's a little different than, you know, regular football. So really look into it and see, just see how in shape that you really need to be in and prepare for it that way, prepare for it mentally. Like I said, you just really need to know the game. If you come in there and you didn't do any kind of preparation, you didn't really work out, you didn't really up your endurance, your muscular strength, you didn't really see how the game is played, the, the intensity level, um, then it's really going to show. It's really going to show when you try out. It's going to show when you play. Um, so my biggest thing is just to make sure that um, any young female that wants to go out there and be a part of this growing league is just to make sure you you know what you're getting into and you're completely prepared for it. Brilliant. Well, on behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners, Heather, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show and wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it. The LFL on Fuse. Saturdays, starting April 18th. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Theme, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And fully games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. It's now time for our next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back one of our favourite guests and future Hall of Famer, two-time MVP and quarterback for the back-to-back champion Chicago Bliss, Heather Rockstar Fair. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Thank you, thank you. 
hope you like the introduction there. Bit of a mouthful. That was awesome. (laughs) Excellent. Well, we aim to please. Since you were last on the show, it was after the game against Seattle last year, you have went on to uh, be unbeaten and claim your second Legends Cup. What was that experience like? Well, it was awesome. I mean, when we beat Seattle, that was kind of the clincher because Seattle, yeah, I mean, we had beaten LA, Seattle, just the Western Conference is such a strong conference. So just winning the Western Conference kind of gave us the confidence that it, it doesn't matter who we're playing from the East, that we're going to win again. So obviously that happened. And here we are halfway through our third undefeated season now. So it's pretty phenomenal. The The train keeps rolling and we keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you've, you haven't lost a game since the start of that 2013 season when you lost to LA. So definitely quite the role. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you want to keep that up. Yeah, for sure. We don't plan on losing anytime soon. <laughs> Excellent. So also, since the uh, last appearing on our show, you've also appeared on Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. What was that experience like? You know, that was one of the best times. They flew us out. I mean, it was a true competitive show. And I didn't really know what to expect, but it was so tough. And it was just such a great experience. And Steve Austin is one of the most down-to-earth, coolest guys, you know, of of such great, I mean, fame in the WWE and wrestling and stuff. But he was such a great guy, and it was a great experience. Yeah, I don't envy the course that you had to do or the, the, the uh, contestants you had to go up against, but the fact that you've met one of my idols, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's just, I kind of grew up during his period of wrestling and the beer swelling and, and everything else, his uh, fights with Vince McMahon, The Rock, I could go on, but I probably shouldn't bore you or our <laughs> listeners with my <laughs> jealousy overload. Stone Cold. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Um, and also on the show you actually met our previous guest Heather Hudson who was the reigning champion yeah I it was very unexpected I had no idea and I had heard a couple of the LFL players had been on previous episodes which that was the first I had heard I didn't know anything about any of the other girls being on and then when they introduced her right before I did his skull crusher uh, she looked like kind of familiar and her name was Heather like, this is so strange, but I mean, that just goes to show like how great of shape she was in. I am not a rope climber. I'm very upset about that still, but to be honest, I haven't tried to climb a rope since. But, you know, in your defense, I think when I I actually watched the episode today, so it's still quite um, fresh in the memory, but the way you dealt with some of the other contestants, the first one, I think your quote was, I'm going to do this for everyone who wants to knock a police officer on their ass. Is that correct? <laughs> I did say that. Um, you know, it was it was in the moment and people behind the camera might have been urging me to say something a little more animated and that's what they came up with. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. So yeah, it, that was a good one. Okay, so well, we'll come back to football now. And this year, Chicago has been moved to the Eastern Conference. Um, Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts when you found out Chicago were going to be changing conferences? You know, a few things about that is kind of upsetting. Obviously, there's a lot more competition and has always been a lot more competition in the Western Conference. Um, Since I've been playing, we've only been in the Western Conference. So 
having those matchups against LA and Seattle and now Vegas, those were huge games for us. It was a rivalry that was created over the, the, you know, over time rather than us versus Atlanta. Now, you know, everyone thinks there's a huge rivalry there, but it's really because they're just a nasty, dirty team. So it's not really a rivalry rather than just like, I hate to play them. Like we don't want to play you. You have yet to beat us. You're just a dirty team. So it's upsetting to be in the East, but that'll make for a much better championship game when two really talented teams are going up against one another. And that brings me quite nicely, actually, onto my next question, which is if you make it back to the Legends Cup, and I have to say if because I don't want to torment the football gods for you, if you make it back to the Legends Cup final, which of your previous Western Conference opponents would you like to face? You know, I think the best matchup would be us versus L.A. And that's for multiple reasons. Uh, L.A. and us, especially me with my time on the Bliss, have always had such incredible games. We put them into the first ever LFL overtime game where they ended up winning. The first time I ever beat L.A. was two seasons ago to put us to the championship game. Or three seasons ago now, two and a half. Um, But then also just... Um, knowing their background and just how good they are and can be if they play a perfect game and knowing how good we can be if we play that game, it would just be the perfect matchup. Yeah, and it looks as though they've got quite a lot of depth and they've got some great rookies coming through. I know you may not have necessarily seen any of their games because I know when we've spoken previously, you kind of tend to scout them when you're just about to play them. But they've got some great D linemen in, in Kim Chase and uh, Naja Christmas that will be coming at you if you do play them. <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, LA has always been super talented. I'm not taking it away from anything from Atlanta Steam's D line because they are always in my face. And they are super physical. So I think I'll be prepared when we do get to to play L.A. Hopefully, like you said, you know, don't want to curse anything. But if we do end up playing them, hopefully I'll be prepared for that pressure and to be able to get rid of the ball a lot sooner. And we come on now to the game itself from Saturday. And we got to see you air it out a little bit more than usual. So was that a pre-planned by Coach Hack to just to kind of maybe for you to silence the critics that you can actually pass the ball even though people think you can't? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Coach Hack, I mean, for the past, we've always had one of the best running backs. We had Tank in my first two seasons and then Chris Del Harris. Amazing, obviously. So it's like having Adrian Peterson on your team. Why would you not give them the ball? If they can't be stopped, why would you not give them the ball every single time? So, you know, over the course now of four four and a half years of me being criticized for not throwing the ball. Hack's finally like, all right, let's do this. Every single play, we're going to pass. And I'm like, come on. You have to keep the defense honest and let them know that we can still run the ball and we will. But it was really nice to be able to throw the ball and to have those plays as options. I mean, you know, it, it gives me a little bit more freedom to run if the pass isn't there and for me to air the ball out. So it was a great change of pace. Yeah, and there was a couple of plays, in particular the first play from scrimmage, I think that play action and then the deep throw to Albert's very nice throw indeed. And I just want to come on to the defensive side of the ball, because I can ask you this in, in person now. I've been wondering mm-hmm. all season, you seem to be playing a lot closer to the line of scrimmage than, than you have in previous seasons. Just wondering why that may be. Yeah, so instead of spying the quarterback and being in the backfield, we have 
And we trust Alberts completely to do that. If we are playing like a man to man or a cover three where three people are dropping back. So I'm almost, I guess it was called a nose guard just this past weekend, but I'm helping with the middle linebacker. We're just blasting a gaps and coach really trusts me to get through the line and to the quarterback. And he just knows how aggressive I am towards the ball. Like I can hawk the ball in the backfield all day. And I do love doing that, but I also love pressuring the quarterback and making plays in the backfield. And I think you're going to surprise a lot of people with the tackle numbers you're putting up. Because in this game in particular, I think you must have had at least a handful of tackles on the the quarterback or the running back. Yeah, I felt really good. And to be honest, when you bring four people, there's only three linemen. If you're not having that running back help with pass protection or just blocking in general, there's one person unblocked. So you really have to cause chaos in the backfield and either make the quarterback run, scramble for her life, throw the ball away, or, you know, put up put up balls that aren't even close to the receivers, which is what Ananka Dixon did. And Allie Alberts was there for the interception, I think, for two of them. Yeah, her first pick was, I thought it was quite an impressive pick, actually. She kind of launched herself over the top of the receiver and then just picked it off. It looked quite spectacular when I saw it first time round. And Oh, yeah. I'm just going to bring in Marcus now because I'm sure he's eager to ask you a question or two. Um, so, Heather, that was the thing is we noticed uh, uh, with the, you passing more um, in the game, there was a lot more time spent in the huddle. We noticed you guys having to almost run to the line as the play clock ticked. Was that because of this new system or, or what's what's going on there? No, there was a couple things going on. The play clock, I don't know if they put it to 25 or 30, but it's normally at 35. And I noticed it right away. And when we had the delay of game, I'm like, heck, they're not putting the play clock to 35. So that normally gives us obviously more time, especially with motions and things like that. Also, because we're not used to calling so many pass plays, coach was taking forever to give me the, the plays. So then I was rushed in the huddle and then everyone had to sprint to the line. So it was not as smooth as I would have ever wanted it to be. But, you know, it is something different for us calling those passing plays and just making sure everyone knows where they're going. Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing I really noticed was fourth quarter, you've got this game in the bag. You could probably just nil the rest of the game and still win. But I noticed you guys, first teamers, all the way to the end, did you not feel maybe risky? I know number 14, was it Jamie? She maybe hurt her ankle or something, rolled it maybe very late in the game. Is it risky that playing to the end? It is risky. Um, The thing is, A, I don't know how many teams know this, but I really don't have a backup at quarterback. I really never have. So I don't have a backup. That's why I was still playing. Jamie at the center position, this was only her fourth game ever playing center. So she just needs as much experience and game experience as possible. Um, we did have a couple of rookies in, but again, it was a different game plan for us. So getting people those snaps is really important when we're running different plays. Defensively, I sat out for the fourth quarter. We put in some rookies and we were getting people some reps. So also remember that we only dressed 14. So if there's 10 of us, you know, only a few of us playing both ways, then there's only a few people we could sub in, truly. Uh, well, Chicago are now 4-0 and um, and haven't lost a game, as you mentioned earlier, Heather, um, since the first game of Season 4. And what do you attribute that success to? I think it's a lot of pure talent, but also our competitive nature. We It doesn't matter if we feel 100% prepared for a game or going into a game preparing, you're like, 
feeling 100% confident. We just know that we can, we are more athletic than any team. And no matter what we need to do, we'll get it done. And I'm just going to finish up because I know we're running short of time. So uh, before we let you go, please can I ask if you could give advice to any young women out there who are wanting to get involved with the sport? Yeah, absolutely. I guess getting involved with the LFL isn't about knowing how to play football right away. Girls from the get-go, football isn't always an option. So for me personally, what I did, this wasn't in my my game plan. Obviously, at the, at the age of 30, I didn't see myself playing tackle football, but I was just in athletics and anything competitive I could be in my entire life. So I got a little piece of everything, and I think all of those things put together has really made me a well-rounded football player. So, you know, learning a zone defense from from basketball and learning to throw a ball in softball and then serving in volleyball. It's just all of these motions and movements and ideas and concepts and plays, play calling. It's It all really comes together and is necessary to be a good football player. That's excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Heather. And on behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners, thank you very much for coming back on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are so welcome. Thank you guys for always having me on. I love it. Our pleasure and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up for another show. Firstly, I would like to thank both of our amazing guests, Heather Hudson and Heather Rockstar Fur. Also, would like to thank my awesome co host, Marcus Henson, our producer, Mark Taylor. Don't forget, our shows are available weekly on LFL 360, and you can listen to our previous shows by going to lfl360.com forward slash radio, and you will see all of our previous episodes from this year. Remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. You can also catch all of the latest LFL action on the league's YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash my NFL. Finally, our shows are also downloadable on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. Marcus, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Mate, as always, it's been amazing. And thanks to our lovely guest, the double Heather Trouble today. Absolutely, yeah. We were swarmed by Heathers. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. Bye.